Hello and welcome to Gov Geeks Assemble. Level up your 9 to 5 on 95. I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And as always, we are the, the Gov Geeks. Each week we get together to talk a little bit about professional development in the federal workspace. You looking forward to this one, Karen? I am. <laughs> so this week we're talking about a professional brand. Karen, what is a professional brand? Really, it's just the way others see you in the professional arena. No, oh, that's a great way of putting it. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about how to develop your professional brand in the federal workspace, this show is for you. So today brings us to our conversation of our professional brand. Right. So we're going to talk about four strategies as we go through how to identify your professional brand. Usually we do three. Now we're doing four. We're, we're so much extra, so much great content. We just had to share it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going over four things. Karen, what's the first one? The first one is be mindful of your actions. So this is a crucial one. Also because as we talk about a little bit later, you want to make sure your actions don't contradict what your values are. Ooh, yeah. So again, be mindful of what you say, mm -hmm. what you do. And once you're in the federal government, a lot of times it's not only what you do in the workplace, but even outside of the workplace. So yeah. you want to make sure to be cognizant of that. And it makes me think of that Maya Angelou quote where mm. they don't remember what you said or what you did, but how you made them feel. Oh yeah, definitely. That that connection on an emotional level is really important. And I liked especially what you're talking about, not just in the workplace, like the nine to five, but also outside. And really a big thing about professional development and career growth, it's not just within that nine to five realm. It's what you're doing outside of that. So mm -hmm. if you're volunteering, if you're working on other projects, if you have small uh, business ventures that you're a part of, there's all sorts of things, or even uh, to a bigger part, like your professional network as well. Exactly. How well you're engaging with all of that. Your brand is key, not just in the nine to five, but in all of that. <laughs> right, all of it. So that's why it's really important because how exhausting would it be to be one type of brand uh, during your nine to five and then a completely different brand outside of that, which yeah. would just be exhausting. So usually, again, you wanna be consistent. Sure, so as long as you're consistent and you're true to who you are, what's important to you, what you enjoy, and you're working in an area that really reflects those values and what you really care about, then it's not gonna be so exhaustive where you feel like, you know, I need to put on an act, nine to five, and then go put on a different act in another organization, and then finally I can be my true self outside of all of that. If you're your authentic self and you're mindful of what that is throughout, then yeah, you're gonna be the same thing uh, day in, day out, no matter where you are. Right. <laughs> which I think connects to the second uh, suggestion that we have for us today, right? Right, which what are your core values? And I know mm -hmm. we did an exercise, um, I did an exercise with you where mm -hmm. it was an activity to figure out what your core values are, what's right. important to you. With okay. the great coach, uh, John Narrell. Yeah, fantastic right. friend of the show and the Gut Geeks, uh, great professional development and career coach. 
Yeah, and I think that was a very important exercise because it helped me figure out what that was. And I think one of my highest was integrity, mm. and that was one of my core values. So as I think about my professional brand, I want to make sure that I'm staying true to what my core value is. Right. You know, I'm glad that you brought that up because for me, one of my core values was freedom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize that that was one of the items. And it's just not, you know, like freedom, justice, and liberty, like the, the values that are really like. It's just about what I enjoy about who I am and what I'd like to do. Your autonomy. Absolutely. I, I want to be able to have that freedom of mindset to do the work that I know needs to be done in a way that I believe that it should be done as well. So looking at the workspace, there needs to be something that really I connect with in a way that it makes me feel good with my values. Yeah, definitely. So when you're connecting your brand to what those values are, it's important because you are showing up authentically for who you are and what you like. So from there, as your career develops, you'll move towards the areas that are really representative of what those brand items are for you. Right. And you will also, let's say, if you are in a position or in an organization that really conflicts with those core values, you're going to find that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be evident because you're going to be miserable because you're going to be doing things uh, that are against your core values. And it's just going to cause this huge just contradiction. Mm -hmm. So I think you want to make sure that if you identify that, you want to make sure that you do something to rectify that, which may be finding another position where you have that coexistence of values. Yeah, definitely. And and sometimes if you can take a step back and do some reflection, because day in, day out, you're doing the work grind and everything. But if you feel the sense of like dissatisfaction or not having a lot of comfort or positivity in the work that you're doing, this might be at the root cause of it. So if you ask yourself really, what's important to you? What do you care about? What are those values that you're really using to drive yourself forward? And then ask yourself, Am I getting the most out of what I like (laughs) for me in the positions that I'm in? And if the answer is no, then yeah, you know, maybe it's just not the right environment for you, the right position, the right opportunity. Mm -hmm. And you want to guide yourself towards other areas that would allow you to have more connection with what that fulfillment is all about. Right, which is why reflection is so important to be able to find that out. Right. Because you might just have the symptoms, like the way you're reacting to things or the way you're feeling, the way you're talking to people. Right. But you may not understand why Mm -hmm. until you take that moment to, like you said, step back and reflect on it and what is the underlying issue. Yeah, like one of my favorite movies is City Slickers. And that was one of the big things with the character Curly. He was saying that some people, they spend 350 days a year all wound up and they think that they can just go there for a week and then all of a sudden everything is going to be better. But really, they just go back to the same scenario that they're in and they just continue the cycle over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you rather live in an environment where you feel good because you are connected with your own values and you feel really good about what that work is? I, I think that's a better way to live. Oh, absolutely. But it's hard to get to that because... Ah, if you don't know yourself what are your core values right which we talk about that uh what is it that monday or sunday night feeling yes if you have that feeling where you're just like oh 
Sunday night. I have to go to work the next day. If you have that, you know, that, that might be one that of might the be an indicator. Yeah, exactly. And if more often than not, you find yourself excited about any one particular topic or idea, that is that Friday afternoon feeling where you're like excited and you want to go out and do that one thing. Well, then maybe one of the questions is, well, what is my core value attached to the thing that you really enjoy? And then professionally, how can you do more of that or get different aspects of that to really make yourself feel good about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise then it's just like, oh, you know, back to the grind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so those were two really good tips so far. We're talking about being mindful of your actions inside, outside of work, and then also really identifying with what your core values are. What's the third one? Yeah, the third one is how do you present yourself? Mm-hmm. So there might be a little two prongs to this, which is, How do you think you present yourself? Mm. And how do you really present yourself? Because I know we've had this discussion before where you may think you're coming off as one way, but in reality, you're coming off as completely different. different. So we talked about, I think a while back, the 360, Mm. which is essentially a 360 degree survey of you. So how do others see you? Mm -hmm. So colleagues, supervisor, direct reports, others in your sphere, how do they see you versus how do you see yourself? So based on different actions and things like that. And it's really interesting. I've had this done twice. Mm -hmm. And it's just really interesting to see how others see you and to make sure that are you presenting yourself in a way that is consistent right and is it in line with your core values right if it's not are those really your core values like what what is truly important to you and why are you coming off like this and you you might think that one thing is your core value or how you're showing up is definitely one way but it can be interpreted entirely differently or you could try to think well how is it that another person wants me to be now let me try to act as much like that as i possibly Mm -hmm. can and that's not really connecting with who you are and i think the 360s is a fantastic example and you can do this if you're doing like a myers-briggs type indicator evaluation if it is a energy leadership index assessment where others are providing that input which coincidentally you do both of those exactly (laughs) yeah the govgeeks provides those as services. Uh, But then also you could even take the time to really have deep, meaningful connections with the people around you. And that could be a topic of conversation. How do you see me? Or I I think that I'm coming across this way. How do you think others are seeing me? And allow that honest, reflective conversation to really occur. Mm -hmm. And then allow yourself to be present and available for what those answers are rather than just saying, oh, no, that other person, they don't know what they're talking about. Let me tell you why. You know, be open to what you're hearing. Get the feedback. You have to be open to that. And I think in both of these instances, when I had these done, it's definitely encouraged to speak to those people about their responses to see, okay, why did you say this? You know, so you can really understand a little bit more what their feedback is. Mm -hmm. And that in turn can help you to improve. Exactly. What did you say about me? Right, right. No, (laughs) nothing like that. And that's why you have to be in a place where you are open to this feedback, which typically you wouldn't even be getting a 360 unless you were at that point. Course. So you want to make sure you're open to feedback and ready to hear, you know, 
some things that you may not be aware of. Yeah. So you can address that, them. Of course. And you know, there might be some things that you hear that are just so much more positive than you even gave yourself credit for. It could be like, I, you know, I understand that this person, they work so hard, they're so kind, they're so generous, they're helpful for others. And then meantime, the other person is thinking, you know, I've never thought about that at all. I just thought about doing what I need to do and, and trying to be there for people, but not like I'm, you know, trying to win awards <laughs> in people's eyes. It's just, I wanna do good work. But when you hear that reflected back to you, it could be a very uh, helpful exercise. It helps you grow rather than just feel like you are honestly attacking yourself. Like, oh, I'm not good enough. I need to change this. I need to mm -hmm. improve that. Right. Yeah. And it's important to hear feedback from a wide range of people, not just people that you know are your cheerleaders. Right. It's good to get feedback from maybe, you know, those individuals that you do have a little bit of a struggle working with them. Mm -hmm. It's good to get that feedback, too. And hopefully they do fill it out because, again, it's just helpful to understand. And then maybe seeing what they've said can help you figure out, oh, well, that's why they, you know, we have such a hard time working because their core value is, you know, X, whereas mine is this, and it's really contradicting. Mm. So, you know, in the last example, we were talking about a colleague of ours, John Nero, who helped us kind of have some of those bigger reflective questions about values. Uh, and another colleague of ours, Erin Berube, in her consulting practice, practice Lacuna, uh, she talks about this greater thing that we have to have a uh, check on ourselves, basically. So something happens, it causes an issue with us, and then we react. But there is that moment that we have available to us to choose how we want to react. So if you are understanding like who you are, how you act in situations and everything, that doesn't mean that that is totally always going to be your default position. Mm -hmm. You can choose to react in different ways that are more helpful for the situation. If you're mindful about <laughs> what you're actually doing in the first place. Mindful, right? Yeah. If you're mindful and aware um, of where you're. And I think that that's the key part where Lacuna goes into this in great detail, which I think is great, is being aware of all of this. Because mm -hmm. you could be going through the motions and acting in a certain way and not even paying attention to it. Right. But once you're aware, then you can identify ways to move forward. Yeah. So, you can feel like, I, I didn't even realize that I was doing this or that, or I didn't realize that I was having this impact on others. Or me, I thought that I was doing this as a great thing and that everyone liked it, but maybe it wasn't so helpful. Right. Like, for example, if my core value is timeliness, right, and I'm very much on deadlines and schedules and making sure everything's done, whereas somebody has more of that freedom that mm -hmm. is their core value, and they just want to get it done at their own pace. Or in their own way, or they have different pieces that they need to work out right. first. And here I am trying to, okay, where's this, where, ha you know, this needs to be submitted, do you have it? Whereas then that's where that conflict comes. So understanding, well, that's because his core value is having that freedom, and here I am, you know, we're just butting heads. So then you can understand, well, maybe I need to work with 
Javier a little bit differently to make sure that we still stay on target, but he has that freedom to right. do so. And then transversely, I could say, while it's important to me that I approach this work this way, I know that her needs uh, are asking of me to be very uh, organized, timely, having good discussions about progress, updates, activities, etc., so that together in terms of a partnership, everything can move forward just that much better. Right, absolutely. Yeah, those are those are great things. Wow, okay, yeah, so I can totally see why we have four areas because we're just knocking them out of the park with these. Because there's, there's a lot to it. And oh, I, yeah, and, it really and is. How do you represent yourself kind of reminds me of um, the movie Mystery Men oh, with yeah. uh, Janine Garofalo and where each of these are superheroes and they hold like an audition to find the the group that they want to be a part of their their mm -hmm. superhero group mystery men and you have each person that comes and they have their certain skill and ability and they have their their name their branding right so again you want to see well what is your skill what what do you want to be known for and then you use that to again brand yourself just like a mystery man yeah or mystery women now. Or mystery yeah. women, absolutely. The more inclusive, the better. Mystery people. You know, I think one of the, the most important things with this is that if you're approaching this from a point of opportunity and value, even during an interview, you could say, you know, you have these skills, you have these accomplishments because this is what you believe in, this is how you operate. You're open and honest and you can find an environment that appreciates that open and honest nature as well about what you have rather than you figuring out when you show up there, ooh, yeah, I thought it was this way, but it's mm -hmm. actually this way. Yeah, or if you're a hiring manager, ooh, I thought I was hiring this person, but instead I got this person. Right, and I think I've even seen that in some resumes that I've review, reviewed where they actually list out their core values, which is interesting. But again, you want to make sure you're demonstrating that kind of like with the soft skills that we talked about um, a while back is it's great to put those. But again, how are you demonstrating that? Right. Which I know is also why it's so important when you are going for opportunities uh, to really know what their network is, what your professional organization is, etc. Because the more you know about a decision that you're about to make, either you're going to hire someone or you're going to choose to work in an organization, you know what you're getting into. You know what's important to you, you know what's important to them, so that when you enter into that agreement, you're not having a whole lot of buyer's remorse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh gosh, why did I do that? <laughs> that that's a I've big thing. I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, I love that from a the development uh, okay so those are three great tips let's uh, talk about the fourth one yeah so the fourth one is really just all-encompassing you've heard us mention it throughout all of these I just wanted to highlight it a little bit towards the end here mm -hmm. and that is be authentic so you don't want to try to be Javier you don't want to try to be me you want to be you mm -hmm. and like we like to say from the sisters movie be that you be that you right tina fey um just make sure you are you are being yourself be authentic understand your core values and that would ultimately be your professional brand yeah really because again no matter where you are you always have yourself and if that is your brand and you're being authentic 
for what that is, you're always going to be great because you're always being true to yourself and you're always representing yourself in a way that is directly related to what your brand is. And it's not exhausting because again, people feel like, you know, I have to change my hat so many times or I have to put on this face or this aura or misrepresent myself in order to have whatever positive thing. But if you're able to use who you are from a place of authenticity as a value, as a brand, you're able to market what that brand is. And we can think about any number of different products that are out there. Uh, I mean, a lot is spent on branding, so you <laughs> feel comfortable with whatever it is that you're buying. I mean, basically, if you're gonna buy cereal, there's tons of different options of cereals, but you want to go with that certain type of brand that you feel comfortable with. The brand, the uh, type of cereal, the ingredients, you know, if you wanted a little bit more sugary, sweet tasting, if you want a little bit more healthy, that's all about the different options. Be truthful to who you are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. So, uh, so there we go. Yeah, I, I think one of the, the bigger things uh, is know thyself. I think that's Shakespeare, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. And to thyself be true. To thine own self be true. It's Hamlet, yes? I believe so. There, there we go. I'm sure people out there who know Shakespeare will <laughs> correct us if we're wrong. And if you love the Matrix movies, know thyself is also one of those bigger concepts in there as well. <laughs> no, so I guess I got them confused. Oh, the Matrix, <laughs> Hamlet, Shakespeare, it's all the same thing, really. These great dramas that are about playing out in our lives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're talking about branding and we had four great uh, ideas for you guys. First off is be mindful of your actions. Second, what are your core values? Third, how do you present yourself? And then lastly, uh, be that you, be authentic. <laughs> So we're moving on to the next part of our great show that we have every week. We do questions from the Gov Geekdom. These are questions and answers that we're happy to provide to you guys. If you ever have a question for us that you would like to be included on the show, just send us an email or go to uh, thegovgeeks.com along with our many other social media avenues as well. We're happy to answer your questions. All right, so the first big question is, drum roll please. Bam. <laughs> how do I, how long do I need to stay in my job before I can leave my job? Good question. Yeah. Because sometimes you show up and you're like, oh my God, there's a fantastic opportunity. Uh, do I leave now? Or, oh, you know, I just got this position, but I don't think it's the right fit for me. How long do I stay here before I need to leave? Right. Well, a lot of times in the federal government, that could be done for you as far mm. as probationary periods. Yeah. Right. We have probationary periods where there's a certain amount of time where you could be let go from that position if you are not meeting standards. Mm. Um, so you want to make sure that within that period of time, that's a good time to really figure out if this is a good fit or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, you can even have that open conversation with your supervisors as well. If you're sitting there... You should and, be having those open conversations. You really should. Because mm -hmm. it's not just like, what do you need to do in order to, to fit into the culture? But also, what is that culture like for you to kind of fit there? And it's perfectly okay if you're not a good fit for the environment. I yeah. mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, you want to be happy. They want to be happy in their work. So finding the right fit is important. You can even have discussions about, you know, here's why I am. Um, here's what I'm experiencing. And you work through it a little bit with them. But if that's not really going well, 
you know, what are your options in, in moving forward? How do you decide to leave? You can go to another position, maybe a detailed rotational opportunity exactly. and then move you into another area. Yeah. And I think you really want to make sure that you do enjoy your, your job and your position. And many people get like nowadays, it's maybe the two year itch or something where, right. oh, I've been in this position for two years. I'm ready to move on. And that, that's fine, too, you know, and we talk about that. I think in the next video, we're going to talk a little bit about that, like how to do that right. Right. Where you're not just seeing the whole as, idea about job hopping. <laughs> yeah, which it's good to make sure you're getting ex diverse experience. But at the same time, you don't want to be seen as somebody who, oh, it's two years. They're going to leave. So, you know. Yeah, true. But I mean, also, uh, know what your market value is. So many people that we've worked with in the past are just phenomenal people, really qualified, but unfortunately they find themselves in positions where they are undervalued mm -hmm. and they don't realize or understand that. So if they leave from that position to go to another place that's going to pay them even more and treat them better, or they're going to do work that they actually really care about, well, why not go for whatever that opportunity is? Uh, it's it's a great thing of like um, invisible hand <laughs> economics, or mm -hmm. uh, you know you can go however much the market is willing to pay for the value of the services that you are providing. And if one place is just not doing it, then you know there's got to be another place that's out there that can. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. Uh, okay, so like Karen said, we're going to hop into a little bit more of that in our next week's <laughs> hop show. Hop into it. Yeah, we'll hop into a job hopping conversation. <laughs> so the next question is, what's the best piece of interview advice you have? Oh, that, oh, that I have? Yeah, the best. Wow. Go for it. What do you got? Get there early. Get there early. I'm going to... It's it's two. Actually, I have two. Oh, here we go. So get there... It's a two-parter. Get there early and make sure that you answer the questions early and answer the questions yeah because sometimes uh, i mean you're late and you're trying to set up your your account to actually log in for the interview and you can't right or, for a virtual interview right? right so but for either you want for to make either? sure you're early yeah or you're in another place and you're running around the whole building trying to figure out where you need to go yeah, yeah so you want to map it out ahead of time, like figure out, you know, exactly if you're driving what there. door you're going to go into. <laughs> exactly. So you want to give yourself plenty of time to navigate, especially if it's a building that you're not familiar with. If you're going to another agency, you may not know their protocols. Mm. So you just want to make sure that you get there with plenty of time. And then the other one, answer the question. Yeah, just answer the question. Right. I mean, and we talked about this in our well, which I'm sure we'll plug it a little bit later, our um, interview basics, mm -hmm. uh, nine, 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 nine part, part series on LinkedIn. Yes, every Wednesday. Right. And we talk about taking notes. So you want to take notes so that you can make sure that you are answering the questions. Yes. Yes. Super important. And really, if you need to ask a clarifying question to understand what the intent of the question was so that you don't misinterpret, you think you're answering the question when you've totally missed the mark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's always good to be better safe than sorry. Um, and then as for me, what is my best piece of interview advice? Um, that I have. Well, I, I think more than anything else, one of the best pieces of advice that I can offer you is to ask a really informed question. So one of the questions that I think is very helpful is quite simply, um, can you please tell me about an individual that has performed w really well for you and really what characteristics about them allowed them to perform so well? 
Uh, and so basically they're going to give you what they are looking for in a person to hire at that time. Oh yeah, this one person, they worked so hard and they were always here late and they did that. Okay, so maybe the culture and the environment, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of longer hours. Maybe that's what they appreciate. Or another person can say, oh, thinking outside the box, this person was so creative, they had these great ideas, were able to do all these great things. You understand what the hiring manager's mindset is based upon that response that they give to that question. It's a great tip. Yeah, we got tons of them here, I tell you what. <laughs> That's why we have a nine-part series. <laughs> ah, yes. More of this is coming out here soon. Uh, okay, so today we talked about uh, what is your professional brand and how to go about making this work for you. Uh, we had some good tips and advice about all of this. Um, one of the things that I enjoy about brands is, how, again, how you decide to present yourself. And me, um, it's always bow tie. Uh, I prefer glasses and floppy hair a little bit, but it's just memorable. You know, one fun thing, I don't know if I ever told you this, but in one of my interviews where I was being interviewed for a position, I found out years later from the people that were interviewing me that they all remembered me based on the bow tie and uh, the work that I had done as a professor. So uh, they nicknamed me the professor. <laughs> so they were like, who did we like in here? Oh, the professor. Yeah, of course, the, the bow tie guy. Yeah, the professor was great. The professor. <laughs> Just need Gilgan's Island. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know, the, the branding really carried through. So that was something to think about. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Karen, what is your uh, closing thought on professional brands? Be authentic and make sure to, as you're being authentic, keep in mind how you make others feel. Because it's one thing to, well, that's just how I am. But again, be authentic, but make sure you are helping others and being of value at the same time. Beautiful. Thank you all so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Also, please don't forget every Wednesday we have our LinkedIn interview series, a nine-parter. It's going to be fantastic. We've already started with one. Uh, we also have our nine-part series on resume writing as well. So please look to our pages for more information and all of that. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for your service. Thank you.